Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. So good afternoon. This is how I like to start uh, my teachings, get everybody close. And you know, the premise of my teaching is intimacy. That's what I'm looking to cultivate, not only in my teaching, but in the, in the atmosphere and uh, in the space. And so might as well start that right off the top of the class by being close and close together uh, with intimacy and start that way and ideally end that way in a, deepened fa in a deepened way. And so you leave your practice in a different way. That's the attempt. And I'll just give you some background on my teaching. I would say my teaching is a therapeutic approach. And so I blend all sorts of different styles into a therapeutic approach. And the attempt is to minimize suffering. That's the attempt. So we're all suffering. We all know that. Being a human being is suffering. It's not easy to be a human being. And you just have to scratch under the surface and find all sorts of different kinds of suffering that we often don't speak about and kind of hold to ourselves and maybe share to a few people if we're courageous enough to do such a thing. But typically we hold our suffering. And that's very challenging to walk with. And as I see it, this practice is designed to uh, support a healing endeavor. And so we have the suffering, we know that. We definitely need healing, which happens through therapeutic, a therapeutic approach as I see it. And what's nestled in there is the ability to develop a kind of meaning that's needed to be on this journey to get up every day, to put your feet on the ground and stand up yet again, which is not easy. We know that. And so there is this element of suffering, therapeutics, and the attempt to generate the level of meaning you need to move forward in your life. And so that's my approach. <laughs> and I often do that through distinctions, like up on the board, and I choose a topic that I find intriguing. And so I find this topic intriguing, the mind and the heart. The mind, the heart. And so I'm going to share with you these distinctions. And the idea is to relate to them and find your way through them, and make them real. And so your practice is real for you. I'm going to ask you some questions at some point so it makes it that much more real so you can land it in your life. That's the attempt. And so it's a meaningful experience, you on your mat. It's not just you going through the motions, which can be so automatic. And if you've been on your mat long enough, you're in a habit. That's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem, being stuck in habits. And the idea is to get yourself out of habits. And we can do that through choosing the proper meaning and intention needed to solve some of the problems that you have in your life. That's what I like about this practice. I would say love about this practice, that it is so useful in terms of solving problems. So I'm going to walk you through these distinctions. Are you ready? Yes. Ooh, very exciting. The mind. Mind is always afraid of one thing, your heart. Always afraid of your heart, mind. Mind is meant to be the servant. However, mind has managed to become the master. That's often the case. We can lead with the mind. And what ends up happening is the mind overextends us, which you know all too well. It can lead us into depletion, anxiety, feeling weakened, various different ways, spread thin, the mind does that. The heart has allowed this unchallenged and is now enslaved by the adaptive master. 
the adoptive master, put it that way, the adoptive master, that there's a fight happening and the mind has taken over and you know what that is and how that feels and the consequences of that. You know that all too well in your body. You know all that too well in your life where we get ourselves into trouble and where you're having an experiencing, where you're experiencing trouble now, consider your mind has led you there and it's causing some trouble. It's often the case. The mind knows at any moment, the heart can reverse this power dynamic. Consequently, mind keeps the body anxious and weak to keep the heart diminished and obedient. That's the relationship typically to mind and body or mind heart. It's like, I'm gonna keep you weak and so you are the slave. Do not forget that, that I'm the master, you're the slave. And if you get out of line, I'll punish you. The ways in which I'll punish you is I won't give you rest. I'll over-exercise you. I'll starve you. I'll stuff you. Whatever it is, I'll cut you. I'll drown you. I'll smoke you. And these are the things in which we can do to punish the heart. And the idea is that you think about that because there's certain things that you do in your life that probably aren't the wisest. Some of your decision-making that leads you into a diminished state, a weakened state, the body is weak. And the mind always wants that. That's the consideration. Shut up down there and listen. We have things to do, roles to play. And it is the great trickster, the great trickster, always playing tricks on the body. You have to play this role, the pleaser. You have to play this role, the protector. You have to play this role, whatever the role is, the perfectionist, the negotiator, all of these different things, all the ways in which we can play roles in our life, that's the mind. And it's all covering up, cloaking the heart. The mind. The mind desires to have the heart completely dead. So you are heartless. So you are heartless. It's a hell of a line. It's a stiff one too. So you are heartless. That's what the mind wants for you. Heart, you don't have a say. And if you don't have a say, you're heartless. And that plays out in your life. You can be heartless, you know that. Just think about the last time you were in an argument. Remember that time? <laughs> Whenever that was, probably recently, either with yourself or someone else, and probably somebody close to you, that's where we can be heartless. Taking digs at people, getting them to shut up and go away as quickly as possible because they're a bother. These are examples where we can become heartless. And it's the mind. Defend, protect. You're not safe. All the lines it's saying to you, get out, get out, dominate. This person's a threat, even though you just loved them 30 seconds ago, they're a threat now. And so best to diminish them. And so the consideration we do this here in this relationship, mind, heart, and if we do it here, we're doing it out there. That's the consideration. And it's nestled into your relationships. There's a part of you and the part is your mind that wants to keep people around you weak, weak, and so when shit hits the fan, you have the upper hand and you can crush them 
and you know how to do that. The people that you're closest to, you know how to crush them. Oh, you know that all too well. And that's the ways in which, some of the ways in which we dominate people. And so that's one of the consequences. We do this here, we're gonna do it out there in relationship until there's no relationship left. And you've already experienced that. You've been around long enough, I'd say. You've lived enough life. You've lost some relationships. You've experienced enough pain, maybe not enough pain <laughs> to learn, but pain nonetheless. And this is what leads us to pain is the mind will always overextend us to lead us into troubled zones where we're anxious and weak. And there's no better place to go than to be on our own. <laughs> That's where we go. That's where the mind wants to go, to cut you off from everything so you're alone. Nobody around. And that's where we're at our weakest. It's a tough run. I have an example of this. Lots, but I'll give you a recent one. Ah. <laughs> Oof. Ah, I wasn't expecting emotion, but it shows, it goes to show it's sensitive and it's new. And so I'm navigating it. And it's my relationship to my daughter. Ah, she's 13. Oh my goodness. Soon to be 14. And she's a firecracker. And I love that about her. And we've had these, um, she spends two weeks with me and then two weeks with her mother. And so that's how that flows. And of late, what I've been noticing is we have plans, but then she ends up breaking them. And I've been noticing that with no explanation. And so I've let it a few times go. And now it's kind of like my rule of thumb. It's like three times. And I was like, okay, something needs to be said. And whatever that may be, like three times is the rule of thumb. <laughs> something happens three times, you're going to hear about it. And I hold true to that myself three slips, I'm going to have a conversation with myself about whatever it is I'm doing. And so I had a conversation with her and she didn't like it. And she wasn't with me. And so that was part of the problem. So it was, you know, trying to get her on the phone and playing all her tricks. Ooh, teenagers can play a lot of tricks. And so I got to a place where it's like, look, this needs to be dealt with. And what I found interesting was my mind was just like, ah, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. That was like one voice. And the other voice is saying something like, you have to put your foot down. She deserves to be punished. <laughs> She's being a little shit, you know, these kinds of things. And so take something away from her, you know, like this kind of extreme. And it's like, okay, what's the middle ground here? And so she wasn't getting back to me. And so she has, she rides a horse competitively and she had a horse show this weekend and it's like either you call me <laughs> and if you do you show and if you don't call me you don't show that's the ultimatum which I don't like doing but it got to that place and she was very upset very because it's not something I typically do and it's something serious about horse riding something she loves and she was hysterical and I found that so interesting and it's like, look, I don't want to do this over the phone. Let me just come down. We can have a conversation. And when I got down there, she was crying. Hmm. 
And what I found interesting is <laughs> she was scared of me. And that was very puzzling to me because we've been very close, very close. And I've had a very respectful relationship with each other. I was like, wow, this is so interesting that you're actually scared of me. And I was speaking to that. It's like, why do you, why do you feel you have to be defensive? And she's saying that, you know, I'm scared of you. What are you going to do next? It's like, wow, that's so interesting. Whew. <laughs> so it was this back and forth trying to speak into what was happening, you know, her experience, but not give too much into it and attempt to lay this out. It's like, Hey, is this the kind of relationship you want where we just make promises to each other and just break them? Is that the kind of relationship you want? That's not the kind of relationship I want. And so that's why I'm here fighting for something that's important to me, which is you and our relationship. <laughs> and that was more from the heart. Not listening to the tricks of the mind, just like, ah, oh, blow it off or just, you know, tell her something nice and drive away. And it's like, all good. It's like, no, it's not good. It's not good. I've seen this play out many times where a relationship starts to slide until there's no relationship left. And it's like, no, uh-huh. I am not willing to do that. I've had the great pleasure of spending time with thousands of people. One of the consequences of that is hearing the horrors of being a human being. I've heard some horror stories along the way and much to do with relationships. And so I know what it takes to be in a relationship that I want to be in. And I know what it's like to watch a relationship fall away and how devastating that is and how easy for, that is for that to occur, especially if the mind is leading the way, it'll just destruct it, just take it apart. And so it's a sensitive topic, this. <laughs> Thanks for being with all of this. <laughs> But it's like a real example that's playing out real time for me. It's a hell of a thing being a parent. Ooh. Hell of a thing. And I imagine you can all relate to this in your own unique way. How you fought for relationships and how you didn't fight for relationships and how the outcomes were very different, I can imagine. I'm not saying we have to fight for every relationship. I'm not suggesting that. But there's some definitely worth fighting for. That is absolutely true. One, none more important than the one you have with yourself. And that's what's happening on the mat. The great fight that you're in and attempting to shift the power dynamic that's playing out in your body. How the mind gets you sometimes and how you have to wrestle that power away from the mind so you have more for your heart. And so that's what the bottom board is about. The heart is naturally the master. The heart knows of its mastery with such certainty. It never asserts, it never asserts itself. It never asserts itself. There's just that confidence the heart has. It's like, I'm here whenever you want to call on me. <laughs> I'm here waiting. The heart is so gentle, it must be encouraged to declare its rightful place. And we have to assert. It's very difficult to be assertive in this world, but it's needed. 
and has to be encouraged in any means necessary. That's what I've learned along the way. It's like, I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure I'm having the right kind of conversations with the right people. I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure I'm having those conversations. And I'll sacrifice the entire relationship if I have to. And that's the attitude I brought in and still bring in with my daughter. I'll sacrifice that entire relationship if I have to. To make sure that we're having the right conversations at the right time. Obviously don't want that to happen. (laughs) But that's one of the consequences of saying what needs to be said. You must learn to escape the slavery of the mind by starting to assert the rights of the heart. This requires great courage and bravery is necessary to be capable of this kind of change. It's a hell of a change and it is the change. It's the kind of courage needed to not allow your heart to die before you die. If you've ever seen that, it is brutal. It is brutal when the heart dies before we die. Brutal. And it happens. More than we'd like to admit. And so we're all fighting for something. We know that. Your life for sure. Then all the relationships you're nestled into. And how some of those need to be worked over a bit. (laughs) Like now, or as soon as you get home, maybe not right now, maybe. But as soon as you can muster the courage to have the kinds of conversation you need to have in these kinds of relationships that mean something to you, because it's so easy to blow it off. All the excuses, a thousand excuses. I'll do it later, it's not that big of a deal. I'll be there, I'll be there, eh, whatever. Whatever we say to ourselves. And so I have a question for you. What's a habit you have currently that leaves you potentially in a weakened state? What's a habit that you have? Probably something you don't want to say out loud. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you stay up late. Maybe it's like you eat, I don't know, uh, what are the sour, sour patch kids or something. Is that something? Yeah. I don't know. It's not that. Maybe. Depends on how much you eat, I guess. Uh, maybe it's like, you know, it's like weed or wine or, you know, whatever. It's over-exercise, under-exercise. I don't know. You know yourself better than anybody else who's got something to say about that. What's a habit that leaves you out of sorts that you know is probably not good for you? Who's got something to say, you brave bunch? Daydreaming. Yeah. Thanks for that. That can take up some time. Procrastination. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Cigars. Okay. Sweet cigars. Yeah. Who else? Weighing yourself. Okay. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Who else? What do you got? Indecisiveness. Thank you for that. Binge watching TV. Yeah. Thank you for that. Not asking for help. Thank you for that. Good. So some of those examples, and there's many more. I mean, we're full of it. 
<laughs> we're full of them. These kinds of practices that take us out. What's that? <laughs> and so I'll ask you a second question. Where do you feel you need to have more heart? Where do you feel in your life that needs more heart? What is that? Relationship to what or to whom? Your kids? Okay. Thanks for that. Yourself? Thanks for that. Yourself? Thank you. Who else? So? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Decision making? Anybody else? Say it again. Physical body? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something. Something of importance, which is you for sure. And so if you think of what I just asked you, what's a habit you have that weakens you, leaves you out of sorts? And where do you need to have more heart? And so perhaps if you stop one thing, you'd have more of yourself to take on where you need to assert yourself. Got to give up something to gain something. It's often the case. And wouldn't that be something if you abandoned something, gave something up to get something? And I imagine what you would gain in this equation is much more than what you already have. I could imagine that. Which would be something like who knows what. Connection, communication, intimacy, sense of belonging, togetherness, these kinds of things that we're searching for consistently and constantly. Now, wouldn't that be something? And then you could ask yourself, who would I be then if I had that? The very thing that I want, the very thing that I'm seeking, who would I be then? And I'm sure it's a version of yourself that you would appreciate and respect. I could imagine that. And so that's the attempt of the practice here is to sort yourself out in a meaningful way, in a meaningful way. To shift this power dynamic, to think yourself into your body, (laughs) to get yourself into a state where you can give up something to gain something. And so when you walk out of the studio 60 minutes from now, that you have that embodied. It's not just a concept, it's you. You have become that. What a beautiful thing. And that's where meaning is. You already know you're suffering. <laughs> the practice is therapy. And it's only therapy if we use it properly. And that's the significance of meaning, intention, commitment, whatever you want to call it. And so this practice is designed to focus on your heart. Your heart. We'll see how that goes. This will move. Might be a different practice for some of you, and that's fine. Be this, I don't know, slow down experience. And so that's the idea to create the kind of connection you need for yourself and to really listen. To listen to your body because it's speaking. And then tonight, if you're so interested, there's a cacao ceremony. Whoa, heart blasting. Heart blasting experience. Hmm. Medicine of the heart, cacao. So lots in front of you. You ready for this? 
So what's an appropriate intention? What would you say for you in your practice? I have so many questions. Receive, love, yeah. Who else? Proper intention. Soften. Very nice. Honesty. What was that one? Honor. Thank you. Strong. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm straight. Great intention to feel. Very good. There's always something at stake. We know that. So take a risk this afternoon, this evening. Nice to be with you. Great pleasure. We're going to practice. You bring yourself to your mat. You need at least one block. See you then.